1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: It's the nightcap on 1140 The Bet. Your home for news and insider info on your Vegas Golden Knights and the NHL. Here's your host, Lindsey Brown.
2: Another edition of the Nightcap in your ear holes as we speak. Seems like a pretty obvious thing to say, but some things need to be noted in those obvious ways. My name is Lindsey Brown, your host always and forever. And the chuckle you've already heard, what's your name again?
3: I'm um, Dominic Lavoie.
2: That's right. You have been joining me for the last few episodes of the Nightcap. It's been very nice to have someone around to talk about hockey, Golden Knights stuff. I mean, we've talked to you in LV Rebels hockey and... We have a pretty good slate of topics for you all today. We're going to get into last night's debut of the Golden Niner. Jack Eichel, first time in a Golden Knights uniform last night. No goals were scored, unfortunately, by him or anybody else on the squad. We'll talk about all of the things that we gleaned from that matchup uh, and the lines and all the shuffling that had to take place Mm -hmm. to fit Eichel in and, and some of the new looks uh, very very small sample size. We'll, we'll take yeah. that with a grain of salt, but you know I can deep dive one shift and and read way too deeply into it any time of the day. You just you just say when. Uh, we'll briefly talk about the uh, the gold medal game last night for the United States of America and Team Canada in the Olympics. The women's side, Team Canada, was victorious. Guess what the score was, Dominic? Three two. Yep, it always is. We just didn't <laughs> need to get to overtime to get the result this time around Team Canada uh, getting their revenge after dropping the gold medal game in a shootout in Pyeongchang. Plenty of friends on both sides of the rosters for me, but I definitely have more on the Team USA side, but uh, Natalie Spooner, gold medalist who I played with at at Ohio State, um, congrats to her and everybody involved. We'll talk a little bit about that game and how it was kind of mismanaged, to be honest. And we'll briefly touch on the goalie market and how that's shaping up because your Golden Knights are likely going to be involved. Because if we started the week out with Marc-Andre Fleury return rumors, you know that things have progressed since mm-hmm. then. And so why don't we just uh, jump right into it here, Dominic, because uh, we're not live on the radio and we can swear and shit. Yep. So <laughs> And then literally just kind of do do whatever the fuck we want. The anticipation was definitely palpable for, for Eichel's implementation of the lineup. The weeks leading up, you see a smattering of jerseys here and there. You, you you go on social media, you have people counting it down and and just really excited to see a talent because we haven't had a level of centerman here mm-hmm. of, of Jack Eichel's caliber. And there were certainly flashes of that last night. Uh he played a considerable amount on that top line between Max ready and who else was on that line with him?
3: Uh Guinea Dano.
2: That's right. And then there were chances to be to be had, certainly, but the Golden Knights were not the team in the driver's seat for the most of no. that game. I'm going to be honest. After the first period, I kind of checked out because I was watching said gold medal game <laughs> on my phone, but I knew that the goalie battle ensued and that uh, Laurent Paswap turned in an excellent performance. Mm-hmm. He's been great the last couple of uh, appearances that he's made, and Darcy Kemper had his second straight shutout. He's playing fantastic. That's the best team in the NHL for a reason, and he's one of the the larger ones, and it's was important for them last night because they weren't scoring at the clip that they were used to. I mean, 2-0, that uh, everybody was expecting this this giant explosion yeah. and, and and basically a one-goal contest which it was, but there were certainly more categories uh to tick off statistically in favor of the Colorado Avalanche over the Golden Knights. And a lot of it was just about seeing what Eichel can do and 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 really getting those first foundational element set of what this team is going to look like for the next couple of months, or at least the foreseeable future.
3: Yeah, and with Jack Eichel, I mean, he hasn't played a game in 51 weeks, roughly, 50-51 yeah. weeks, Almost basically a, year a calendar year, and obviously there's going to be some cobwebs there um you can not play a game for like a week or two weeks oh, yeah. so there's always going to be cobwebs there's the and there's the
2: mental speed there uh, like your processing speed there's the physical speed and then there's like your hand speed and your yeah. skills and like your touch stuff it's like when if you're golfing well you're going to find your driver pretty mm-hmm. quickly usually uh and then maybe your putter's second to come in line but when you're trying to get those little 10-yard short shots. That's when you find out who's been putting in the time.
3: Yeah, and it just comes with it. And despite his performance, I mean, it's kind of expected for him to be rusty. I mean, he took two iffy penalties. They kind of weren't the best penalties to take. Um, He was a minus one, but it's nothing. a little bit behind
2: of the play, so he ends up tripping people up or getting in the way at the wrong time.
3: Yeah, and it it just happens. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's his first game back. He expected it when he spoke to the media on Monday. He was like, I just need to get my confidence back. And um, the other day, I spoke with Las Vegas Sun Golden Knights reporter Danny Webster and talked to him about the whole Eichel situation. Love Danny Webster, he's amazing. What a gem I love that him. guy. Is and he said Huge that fan. if Vegas even gets half of that thirty-some odd goal score that Eichel Correct. used to be in this final thirty-some odd game scre- uh, stretch that we have before the playoffs, I think everyone would be happy. I mean, I mean, if he can put up half of that production yeah. after missing an entire year, basically of playing game speed and in actual games.
2: Because again, be awesome. we haven't had a centerman of this caliber. Yeah. And that's not to to knock William Carlson. That's not to lock, or knock Chandler Stevenson either, who's having a career year himself. Mm-hmm. But when you have that, the biggest thing that created apprehension for me in making this deal was, is he going to come back in his full form? And yeah. that still remained to be seen because it's just one game. It's a limited sample size. And ultimately, you also have to be cognizant of... Other areas of your body too, because we all know that if you ding your right hip, that it's really easy for you to a couple weeks later maybe do the same thing to your left side because you've yeah. been using it to overcompensate. Now I'm not saying that's going to happen to Eichel, but anything can happen. I don't know if anybody else saw that Nolan Patrick hit last night, but mm-hmm. we might have seen the last of him in a hockey uniform.
3: Yeah, that and that'd that's be how terrible. quick it can
2: it can change. But with the assumption that he's healthy. And with the the burst that we saw last night, like he had a back check where it, I, I just automatically like, thank you for just giving the effort because most people don't give a shit. Um, but you can see that speed. You can see that vision. I I was watching him very closely during warmups of just like what he does with his hands Mm -hmm. and like what parts of his, his, um, peripherals he's trying to activate and stuff. And he's going to be a guy that can flip the puck up to himself and kind of bobble it and and try to go through because he's a guy that knows how to use his body, take the puck to the net. And he has a shot, like all of those things converging into one human being, let alone a a release and a shot like he has, which is so extreme, which is so Mm -hmm. unique, you know Stevenson has that speed. Carlson has the the puck handling ability and 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 the and the vision. But Carlson isn't doesn't have the finishing. And not anymore. Stevenson has the finishing right now, but he's not going to get he's not going to be a physical imposition. The only reason why he gets the looks that he does is because the Golden Knights are equipped to mm-hmm. give him those looks and split the D right up the middle as he's going through the neutral zone. Like the the stretch pass is a is a surprise play. Yeah they just rely on it a lot.
3: Yeah. And, that, and that's kind of frustrating too, but I'm going to try and stick to the positives because anyone that's listened to me on the night cap previously, I'm very negative with the gold Knights and how they play sometimes. But yeah, I mean, it's going to take a bit for Eichel to kind of get used to it. It's a brand new system too. And um, like I said, if he can get half of that production in, um in this last stretch, that'd be amazing for the team. Mm-hmm. And with the line juggling, I mean, DeBoer said it himself on Monday too. He, you can fully expect that he's going to play with the lines because he just wants to see what sticks. 100%. Because you have to. Is, you yeah. have to see
2: it. And honestly, this lineup has been pretty malleable throughout his tenure minus the Misfits line. Mm-hmm. But when you have a line that plays as many minutes, 5v5 and on special teams as the different personnel on that, and you've never really broken that up and or had the chance to explore. I mean, you've had chances this season, but the rest of the lineup was out in and out too, so it was yeah. never consistent. Now you can really see some combinations and give them time outside of just being a band-aid line combination where we just have to get through this game. Like, can you develop chemistry with these guys? Can you give us a different look, Marcia So on this line with, with Chandler Stevenson and Nick Waugh, because I was impressed with that line for, for the better part that I was paying really close attention and that Marcia So was moving at a different pace than what he usually was. And granted, I'm not sure if that's because he's trying to step up more in the play or if he's trying to be more aware because I'm just going to let you know, Nicholas Waugh and Chandler Stevens, not exactly the most defensively responsible no. forwards of all time. And I wouldn't put Marcia so in that category either, but he's been trying to take steps from Mark Stone since he's been here. He's, mm-hmm. he's certainly um, rebranded his game in a lot of different aspects. But what worries me about that line is not whether or not they can get up and down the ice and get chances. It's that defensive side. And then when Nick Waugh's on the wing, he plays better in the center position because yeah. he's naturally a center, and he's more integrated. We've talked about it on, I think, on the nightcap. We've talked about it on the playmaker several times about what it does to your confidence when you're playing your natural position yeah. and you're playing it well. He's been getting goals. He's been getting looks. He's always getting looks, but he's getting goals and he's not missing the net nearly as much. And so I really want to keep a close eye on on him and make sure that he doesn't wander too far away from the flock or or from what a confident game looks like for him. But at the end of the day, we're not moving heaven and earth to make sure that Nicholas was in his most comfortable position on this team. Because if you can just tell by the contract that he's on, you're an important part, but you're not the most important Mm -hmm. parts. We are going to make room for Jack Eichel over you. We're going to make room for William Carlson over you. We're going to make room for Chandler Stevenson over you. We're going to make room for Brett Howden over you. Even Nolan Patrick was playing wing last night. Mm -hmm. But again, I think he's going to be out for a very long time on a questionable hit by Nathan McKinnon. I wouldn't say it's like the dirtiest hit, but you can tell that the elbow definitely catches him up high, and then he's as Patrick falls to the ice, he slams the back of his head down on the ice, and his concussion history is very uh, noted and mm-hmm. and and scary. And I've I've had four of them myself, and I I worry about it every day, and so yeah. wishing nothing but the the quickest recovery for him and whatever is best for him next steps, because sometimes that's just I gotta sleep for twenty hours today, mm-hmm. and it's a mis like recovering from concussions miserable
3: yeah and just miserable it's just really unfortunate I mean the way I looked at it because when I was watching it I was kind of thinking it was in the realm of Mm -hmm. dirty but it also kind of seems like McKinnon was trying to get better position while Patrick was cutting across because you can see like when you break it down they had the camera above the net Mm -hmm. um, on the high glass and you can see Patrick is trying to cross over to get a better angle on the puck going into the corner. Yep. And McKinnon's trying to cross over and to get a better know what, angle too.
2: What what he skates like when he's got a head of steam yeah. and and motivation. And that's the thing. It's he almost like bucks him off in yeah. a way. It's almost like you had if Nolan Patrick was riding McKinnon as a horse and he got mm-hmm. bucked off really hard and then fell really hard. Yeah. And that's just like how McKinnon plays. But if you hit someone and that's what happens. Like There are going to be repercussions if it's deemed a, a questionable hit. It's just very um, conflicting or it makes me feel uncomfortable because we saw a few weeks ago when he got hit in the face with a yeah. questionable hit by Taylor Hall, but it was his stick that took him in the beak. And as I ma- joked yesterday on the Playmakers, it was like the the new visor, the surface <laughs> area is, <laughs> is profound. It, it truly is. But when you're playing a, a high-speed game that had a playoff atmosphere, there's so much shared history between mm-hmm. – Um, these two teams in recent history at that. I mean, sometimes hockey, you just have unfortunate plays that result in very, very scary injuries. I mean, I I was watching a a video on Twitter earlier. I think it was like a Bakersfield player in the AHL or something that got hit from behind last night. It doesn't look like the most malicious hit, but at the end of the day, if you see a person's numbers and they're against the boards, you have to let up. You cannot hit them. It doesn't matter if it's only at 10 miles an hour or at 20 miles an hour because they are in a vulnerable position Mm -hmm. with – their spine and everything exposed technically, or you don't have the ability to really brace yourself. Exactly. And that's, that's truly where the difference is sometimes getting a concussion versus not is that preparation. Sometimes the hit is just that violent Mm -hmm. or, or the impact is that violent. Or if you have the history like Nolan Patrick does, like I've had people that have just as bad of a history where they get hit in open ice, like where you're convinced they're done. And they're fine. But then they'll get like randomly bumped and they can't read for two months. Yeah. Like I've had I've had friends literally take eight years of Spanish and forget it because they they return too quickly.
3: Yeah. Concussions are nasty.
2: No, they're nasty. And so anybody that's dealing with them, do not rush back. It is not worth it. Um, and and we wish him the 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 quickest recovery because he was starting to string together some some positive momentum and he's just every he'd get four or five games and then he would get dinged up whether yeah. it was covid protocol or whatever. I just it's a really really shitty situation for him uh and 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 for McKinnon and anybody cuz you you don't go out with the intention to hurt anyone no. obviously at least it's not
3: like 1980 something or 1990 something anymore. No. No, anymore.
2: exactly. But uh that third line like I said I, I I was enthused based off of what I saw that first line Take, it's going to take a little while. I thought Dananov had a couple of really good looks last night. Pacioretty was pretty quiet, but mm-hmm. um, he's certainly a question for me too in terms of who I worry about. let us I could go on every line here and be like, who am I most concerned about? We did Nicholas Wall on the third line. I'm most concerned about Max Pacioretty on the top line because he isn't the most fleet, fleet of foot. He relies more on everyone else to get his job done, and he's missing his boy, yeah, Mark Stone. And so – in a way, I kind of wanted him to stay paired up with uh, Stevenson, but Pacioretty's not going to play third-line minutes. No. And we need him up up on that top spot. And so hopefully they just get whatever chemistry down that they can, and maybe it's just a lot of line changes and mistiming. But that second line, it was fine with the Anmark, Carlson, and Smith. We've seen that look a few times earlier yeah. this season as as – guys were in and out of that lineup. But Mark is definitely, I think, the the Swiss Army knife of this squad this year. It was no sick last year where mm-hmm. he was moving up and down the the lineup. He could play with the top line. He could play at the third. He could play with the fourth. It just depended on what you needed from him uh, in that moment and how many other people were playing well. But Will Carrier hasn't been as as noisy as of late. Um howden I I've loved last Same. couple of weeks and, and he's getting some some goals and if you any time he you're getting production from that line it it's a it's a great thing and then it remains to be seen who they'll call up to put in that fourth line spot. But we had Nick Hag and uh Petrangelo in last night. I think they probably did their, their best to deal with the avalanche which were just all over them, all over them, yeah. and and as I said, they, the Golden Knights had some decent looks, especially as the game went on, like the second period and the third period. But for the most part, Kemper was all over it. Like they were trying, they were getting him to move across really well, and he he can explode across. Mm-hmm. He's very athletic. He stole one down low because they didn't elevate the puck, and then they're like, oh shit, that's right, we do have to shoot high. And then the Golden Knights had a bunch of those same looks and just sailed them yeah. over the net. So it just, it bang just bang happens, place. like. Mm-hmm.
3: They, this team is I've touched on it on other podcasts too and we've talked about it before too especially when we first met that first night that we met in the press box we've mm. talked about how this team in the core seems to be kind of mentally soft at times and I think sailing the puck over compared to complete ice burners is a product of overthinking I've done it before
2: or over reliance on a certain type of offense
3: yeah and it just comes with like the mental aspect with this team and I mean. Despite all the trades, a lot of the same core from the, that first year cup run is still here. Mm-hmm. A lot of the same core from like the second year playoff meltdown against San Jose is still here. So it's just kind of a word to that. And just it's a trend. Whenever you, Vegas runs into a hot goaltender, they can't really do much of anything. Right. It, well, and that's why
2: you go out and trade for Jack Eichel because first yeah. of all, he does, he breaks open games better than most. And you also have that aura about him. Yeah. Like there's 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 a buy-in ability to him that we talk about when we with Mark Stone, with Joe Burrow. There mm-hmm. when you have a a person that has that, that elite talent or the elite of the elite of the elite, it they're almost magical. It's almost yeah. spiritual. And hockey's a very spiritual and borderline religious game. And mm-hmm. so, but if he's not engaged, if he's taking shifts off if he's snake bitten and not having good body language and stuff a lot of stuff that ailed him during his time in buffalo then that magic starts to fade away because he just turns into uh, any other person who gets negative when they when they get down and so uh you have to put forth those herculean efforts to be considered herculean at the end of the day and nobody really did that last night because nobody found the scoreboard yeah and uh it'll certainly be an unbelievable playoff matchup if these two teams end up colliding again. It would be in the Western Conference Finals in all likelihood. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the Golden Knights will certainly have uh, more people, I think, back the next time they face them. And who knows what the Avs will do because they are considering Claude Giroux. They're considering the big piece. And it's really about chemistry for them. And can they make it work because there's not a lot of cap space But they're not the only person or the only team with this problem. Half of the league is in Mm -hmm. long-term IR right now. And so there will be third teams involved. So technically nobody is untouchable, uh, no matter what Gabriel Angeskog likes to think. (laughs) Um, So that gold medal game last night, such a different contest than what their preliminary round was last week because the United States in the prelims came out firing. Like, they were all over Canada in the first period. And for for most of the second until they started getting some penalties and, and Canada actually ended up with the lead going into the first intermission. But last night when the Americans were having trouble penetrating, like, inside the hash marks, like, not getting any shots. I mean, also, Hannah Brandt being wide open on the back door, nothing but net to shoot at, and she knows it with time and so she nurses that puck a little bit and kind of whiffs on it, and then it goes on the outside of the net. Once I see that, I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. Right? Because if that doesn't go in, you're like, well, we have plenty of time, but you kind of mark it like, well, we'll probably look back at this and say, mm-hmm. what if? Yeah. And it just – Marie-Philippe pouyen like – speaking of unreal. speaking of spiritual people speaking of like talents that you would believe have been touched by whatever God you worship she absolutely falls in that category it, it's so annoying because she can score a highlight real goal she'll get the equalizer in in uh in Sochi and then I'll get the overtime winner to get the mm-hmm. gold medal but then I'll score the second goal last night which is me just kind of Lazy sending it through traffic, and it'll be a shitty goal that beats our goalie just under her armpit, yeah. who's playing on a torn MCL. Like, And then she scores again on basically uh, an extreme rebound where our netminder took care of the first two saves, goes mm-hmm. into the corner, and it just pops to her stick, and she just fires it right away yep. on a flat angle. And there's just, she's going to put that away more times than anybody else. Mm-hmm. And go- the USA's down three rip. I mean, thank God they had one goal in that second period to at least make it respectable down the stretch there to give them a chance because it was it was kind of like watching one of the matchups against Sweden at, versus Canada or Sweden versus USA where you just there is clearly a team in charge mm-hmm. here and Canada just set so many records with goal scoring with 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 points with everything making a case for the best team ever.
3: Yeah, I mean, I wasn't too in tune into the Olympics no, this where year. Where were you last night? Um, I was with the fraternity. Oh, you're at a doing... frat
2: party. That's it wasn't right. a party. It was
3: like a kickback with like an intramural no, soccer that's, game. No, that's a
2: frat party. Um,
3: but like, it's just unreal. Like, I watched the highlights of that game last night, and USA just looked completely flat off the jump, and yeah. it took them a while to kind of get into it. But it's one of those things, too little, too late. Especially in that last minute push, I started getting a lot of chances. Right, but where's the
2: leadership at? Like Kendall Coyne Schofield, as as amazing as she is, as as fast as she is, she was been completely ineffective during yeah. Team Canada the, this the, the last couple of matchups. And sometimes that happens when you're a smaller player and you get down earlier. If you mm-hmm. start playing a certain type of hockey, where all of a sudden those opportunities just aren't afforded to you at the same rate. Now she was able to get it done in the biggest moments last time around, but they also had Brianna Decker on roster who she broke her ankle in the first game. And she is such like a personality driver in there of, of just getting energy into that locker room, getting everybody focused up, getting everybody sparked. And so, and, and specifically like Hillary Knight, Mm -hmm. like she, she's a, she's the Alex tuck of their team. She could bulldoze anybody over and, and have her way. But if she's not feeling confident or if she's feeling she has to do everything herself, that's not going to be good for anyone. No. And so if your stars aren't able to elevate themselves and you're shortening your bench to the point where you're not giving the Grace Zumwinkles or the Jinsy Dunes uh, ice time down the stretch, be that because they're young, be that because you want to give your veterans the the opportunities to to make their own destiny or to rectify their own destiny here. They needed energy. They needed yeah. a change in something. I mean, even like pulling the goal, I thought they were maybe going to pull her after the 3 nothing, just to like get, and it's not reflective on goalies, like obviously all the time. It, sometimes it's just about resuscitation. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It, it just seemed like they, Team USA, stuck to their guns a little bit too closely.
3: Yeah. And just like you said with pulling the goalie, I think it could have helped. I mean, I think that would have been a huge wake-up call because you're not playing amazing hockey mm-hmm. in front of your goalie that's playing on a torn MCL. Like, right. come on, like, wake up, right. you know? Like, play and better. she played
2: fine. And she played really well down the the stretch and the, the elimination games and stuff. I didn't catch those, but I she, there's a reason why she was in the Nets over Maddie Rooney last mm-hmm. night because Maddie Rooney was in the Nets for that gold medal game when they uh, won in the shootout a couple years ago. Now, granted... Rob Stauber was that coach versus Joel Johnson. Now is a two very very different people, two very very different coaching styles, and two very very different communication styles. And Rob Stauber himself was a goalie. Um, I trained with him for for years, and I, I I know Maddie really well. But there's also the 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 card of that where it's not just changing of the net minor. You would be bringing Maddie Rooney in, I would assume, unless they were going to go to the to the other to the other gal on roster, Nicole. All of them have been r- along for the ride for the last two rotations. So any of them are, are more than equipped, but when you have again, the legend uh, that is Maddie Rooney and just how she can play too. She didn't play well against Canada in the prelims. That's why she didn't play in the gold medal mm-hmm. game, but she's one of those goalies that can all of a sudden completely change the momentum with one save.
3: Yeah. And that would have helped them a lot, right. I think, but
2: And made a couple of those saves last night. And, and, and I think she made more, Danger saves last night with a third of the shots, and she did last week, where it was just it seemed like they were testing her constantly. But she was just so technically sound. Mm-hmm. She had to uh, stretch out a couple of times to, in desperation, down the stretch there. But at that point, there was so much momentum uh, on Team Canada's side, and they were playing such good team defense, where they were picking up sticks, clearing out bodies and stuff. It was just the chances of Team USA f- miraculously figuring out how to infiltrate at that point and then executing in that short amount of time, like that's why you have to get off to good starts. That's yeah. why like hygienic habits are are important because otherwise you just get behind the eight ball. And there's only so many minutes.
3: Yeah. And you can't snap yourself
2: out of it. No, no, you'll get dazed and confused and zombified. And there is certainly a, a glazed over eyes as they were watching the, the metal ceremony last night. And, a lot of those names that were on Team USA, that was their last run. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm not sure if Hillary Knight comes back now. I'm sure a lot of them want to come back now because they want their their revenge tour. But to be honest, if I'm Team USA, I, at some point I have to move on. Yeah, I have to move on. And this is a generation of of hockey player, at least on the women's side, that has stuck around the longest. Now you already had kind of a a halfway exodus with the Lamoureux twins, with Megan Duggan leaving, with with a couple other names too, but. It's still the biggest names that you always associate with that team. It's the same reason why the Minnesota Wild needed to move on from Ryan uh, Suter and Zach Parise, mm-hmm. and and eat the eat the the dead cap space that they will in the next few seasons. Because ultimately, even if you do save more money by keeping them in there, you can't ever move forward because you've never truly broken up. Yeah, and so you you have to move on. And get fresh talent in here because it was not close last night. And there's a ton of young talent on the Team Canada side. And whether Poulien comes back or not, I, I'm not sure. But they have plenty of more uh, names that have done more than Team USA does at this point. And uh, it's 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 the best rivalry in sports, but mm-hmm. it has to be maintained on both sides. And both sides have to make the right decisions in order to foster that rivalry as well. well. So who will be the at the helm for the next Olympic rotation for Team USA, unsure. Maybe it's Joel Johnson again, but they haven't had the same coach for two straight rotations since, at least I remember, 2010. It's, it was Mark Johnson, and then it was it 14, I forget, and then they had Stobber and 18, and then they just had uh, Johnson. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how it goes. Regardless, it is a very, very long time between the gold medal game last night and the gold medal game next time. Yeah. <laughs> it's very unfortunate, but that's what makes it special, though, too.
3: 100%.
2: What else? Do we have anything else we have to get into? I've had my notes here and then I like put them down somewhere. We can get into the goalie markets, yeah. but like we're kind of going to talk about that a little bit today on the playmakers and so maybe I want to save and chew on that a little bit more because there's a bunch of names that are floating out there and we talked about Marc-André Fleury as as an option earlier uh this week. But the Golden Knights aren't exactly the the first fishing rod in the in the fishing hole, right? No. And so, with that, they are dependent largely on other moves, and therefore the after that it leaves. Yeah, right. Because you got to see where the biggest dominoes fall first, and then we'll we'll clean up with the rest of them. But like the name Alexander Alexander Gorgiev, the the backup netminder for the New York Rangers, has been attached to the Knights, mm-hmm. and he he has great numbers. He he wants an opportunity, more of a, of a starting role because he was battling with Shesterkin, and yep. clearly Shesterkin is the mm-hmm. winner. Uh, he's probably going to win the best, and he's nasty. I'm watching a lot of Rangers hockey these days just specifically because of him. I don't mind Gorgiev. He's a f- he's a fucking spider monkey of a goalie. <laughs> he wraps his ass around the post so much, so extreme. Like He played against us when uh, the Rangers were in town earlier this year, and he was fine in the first period, and the second period it got away from him. And that's kind of the the theme with him, or at least what I've been able to gather, is that it can get away from him very, mm-hmm. very quickly. And when you have floodgate goalies like that, you're just never truly safe. Yeah. And it's not that you can't win games or that it's a huge anchor on the team, but that's just, if you're living with a different level of anxiety and say you're getting two less hours of sleep every night, do you think it adds up eventually? Oh, it definitely Absolutely does. Absolutely it does. Absolutely it does. And so... I, I would much rather them maybe kick the tires on Braden Holpe mm-hmm. as a rental. And now I, you could say, well, Holpe is his best hockey behind him. Well, yeah, no shit. Yeah. Uh, but he also knows how to play in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. He ha- he's he been on shitty teams basically the last couple of years because he was dealing with the dumpster fire that was Vancouver last. season. in Dallas yeah. can't figure their shit out except um, when they played the Avs the other night. But it's really about are they going to make a run, mm-hmm. right? Because – Ottinger is their guy, yeah. their young guy. And if they're going to make a run, though, they're not going to want to leave him alone, and I'm pretty sure Kodobin's uh, hurt. And so, again, you have to really be at the mercy of a lot of other dominoes. And, you know, it's not the biggest problem that they have because we know that Leonard's going to be coming back, but we know that this is a nagging thing. Yeah. And we know that this is a guy that is dependent on his ability to push and to maintain his position when he's down in his butterfly. Like, there's a mm-hmm. lot of digging with the sticks going down because he's on his belly. He's Panda, right? And so guys are trying to shove pucks in. Guys are yeah. trying to fall on top of him and shit. Like, this isn't just, oh, it's going to hurt when he tries to catch it. Like, when the arm it's goes back. It's way more than that. And so what the level of severity is dealing with uh with letter DeBoer said yesterday, sooner rather than later. But, again... I'm nervous, but they could give Thompson a look too. Like he yeah. won goalie of the year. He's done pretty well, but that's a lot of trust to put in a, in a basically rookie net miner who just saw his first action just a couple of weeks ago.
3: Yeah. And with At least his first start. I don't think Laurent Brossois. I mean, if Leonard, he played great last yeah, night, but I don't know if he's going to be able to keep that up over the last 33 games of the season into the playoffs because we don't know right now Especially if how he's long he's going to
2: be playing. You know, 70 percent of the games.
3: Yeah, and we don't know how long Leonard's going to be out for right now because yeah. I, I don't exactly know if it's the labrum in his shoulder or his hip or if it's the shoulder. same shoulder it, as, that he got surgery on they last off season. So we don't really know. Mm -mm. And with the Yorgiev situation, he wants to step into a bigger role. And we don't really know if he's going to want to stay in Vegas over the summer. And then that brings up, okay, so is he going to have to battle Leonard and be disgruntled? Um, Is he going to have to battle Bersois? Like, we we don't know what's going to happen with that.
2: They might... might uh, Trey Brassois. you might be part of that Trey. Yeah,
3: I mean, he, I wouldn't mind pretty, it. They
2: were looking at him as a piece when we were trying to finagle this when Mark Stone wasn't on the long-term IR because he was... he He's on a team-friendly goalie deal. Yeah. He's, play, he's not, you know, just a goalie that only backs up. Like, he's actually played. Mm-hmm. And he understands what's expected of him.
3: Yeah, and... I mean, another name that I've seen get cropped up, it doesn't necessarily mean Vegas will have interest, but Jonas Korpisalo. Yeah. He's yep. a UFA this year. That's an yeah. easy rental Marissa, because Marissa there's no Linkus real tall. Is their guy up there. Yeah, and he just got inked, I think, like a five-year contract. Yeah, it
2: kicks in next year.
3: Um, the new goalie, Tarasov, he came up. He looked pretty good. Even though he lost, he looked pretty good still. So mm-hmm. that could be a reliable People number two option.
2: Minnesota, guys. I, I, they're they're going to be making a run but they are, they're in a unique situation for Cap and have some big-time contracts and high-end talent that they're trying to finagle through. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if they flipped Cochadent um, or Talbot.
3: They're both really they're, reliable. They're, well,
2: Cochadent's played super well um, as of late, and he went through a – he was a call their consideration last year. Went mm-hmm. to Carrillo, obviously. But they can get it done – better with their defensemen and so they're not as hyper dependent on their goalies so if the the deal is right they might look to flip one of their goalies but I know that Bill Guerin is also very cognizant of the chemistry in that room that's a tight locker room and I'm not a huge fan of Trading out of solid goaltending, yeah. if you're looking, to, if you're looking to make some noise in the postseason,
3: yeah, especially when you have a one-two punch but like every,
2: that. But every, but certain people are held to different standards based off of the context in which they exist, which we already mentioned with Minnesota is a mm-hmm. very unique cap situation. But the Golden Knights are certainly dealing with a much different situation than we were last week or in just the last few months where we're, who are we going to trade? Who's, who, what, what family friendly, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, person are we going to send out? But now it's a completely different consideration and uh, we can still fit Alec Martinez under the cap if we needed, if he wanted to play tomorrow. Um, and now you're, you're just dealing with secondary problems. And yeah. so it's, it's a luxury and it's, Wild to me how how they've been able to secure this this positioning for themselves considering how banged up they've been all year, but that's the way that this organization has has run it. They may uh, do it with the with their hair on fire and no pants on, but they still show <laughs> up and and they get the job done most nights. And so, Golden Knights have to find a different way to get on the scoreboard. They've been shut out in two straight games. Team USA and the Golden Knights need to work on a, a yeah. few shooting drills here and there, or just the goalies are too damn good. But we've gotten into a considerable amount of hockey content today. Very good, solid conversation. I would even say our best, Dominic. I think so. Uh, you're going to be promoting this episode way more than I will because I just have too many balls in the air to juggle. But what's your social media handles to do that?
3: Um, so you, I'm most active. I'll just plug my personal um, on Instagram at Dominic J. Lavois, D O M I N I C J. L-A-V, like Victor, O-I-E. My Twitter handle is the exact same. So you can just find me on there. I always post about stuff and... That'll be there. Um, and if you want to follow my mom, you can stalk me if you want to try to find we'll her. Let, I wouldn't well, recommend if people it.
2: want to find your mom, <laughs> they can do that. They can do their own research rather than making it super easy. But we appreciate you being here, Dominic. You know, always find my social media stuff at LindsayBrown35. is spelled with EY because that's the correct way to do it. Brown like the color and the numerical value of 35. And my Instagram is L I N D Z Brown35. Another addition in the nightcap, of the nightcap, I should say, in the books. More hockey on the horizon, but not as much as you would think in the month of February. So it'll be a little bit of a, of a weird schedule going forward for episodes here. But don't worry, we are taking the same amount of steps as everyone else, whether or not it includes the Golden Niner. We'll be back next time. Be well, stay safe. Nightcap, bye.